And good morning, everybody. Yes, it is the 14th of April, 2020. It is Tuesday. I am off today as I was yesterday. But as you can see by the title that we have here, we're going to talk live about some rescue rangers. Yes, just do a little you know, fan discussion on the rescue rangers, um, if you will. Uh, basically, it's mainly due, and I will admit this, there's no hiding in, I think. Uh, it's mainly due to the fact that, yes, uh, the Rescue Rangers did make their animation debut or re-debut, reappearance, if you will, uh, this past weekend um, in the new DuckTales ep Season 3 episode, the new DuckTales Season uh, 3 episode, um, Double O Duck in You Only Crash Twice. That's literally the name of the episode. Uh, Duck. Uh, that's literally, like I said, that's literally the name of the of the episode. Uh, basically, um, it's called Double O Duck, You Only Crash Twice. It is a launch pad, uh, Dewey, I think, related centric episode. It has the Rescue Rangers in there, and it has a new origin for uh, the Rescue Rangers, which is... Um, kind of amazing, um, if you will. Uh, basically, the, the origin is, uh, from what I could tell, is kind of getting a mixed reaction a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that it isn't a, a good origin. Um, or anything. Uh, you know, some people like it, like I said, but it's kind of getting a a mixed uh, mixed reaction, if you will, because of the fact that um, you know it kind of goes away from from what we thought could be. Well, I'll put it this way: um, the origin. From from the perspective of the DuckTales universe, kind of makes sense because it's like, how else are you going? It's like, how else are you going to bring them in? I mean, you know, you wonder, you think, well, it didn't really make that much sense um, in the in the show, right? In the original show, um. And, and, and technically, it, it didn't really. It, it really didn't. It um, like I said, it, it didn't. Well, I'll put it this way: um, the way it worked in the original show was the humans didn't understand the rangers. They didn't understand what the rangers were saying because they were rodents. So, if you don't know what the uh, characters are saying, and I kind of scratch my ear there, so I do apologize. Just my uh, mic here for a second. But like I say, if you if you don't understand what the characters are saying, then it's like, you know, you don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, though, and I'm just uh, adjusting the mic again. Um, let me just, okay. I'm just getting the mic adjusted. But what was I saying? Um, was it? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like in the original series, they didn't know what the characters were saying unless something happened that caused them to, you know, understand what the characters were saying. So, so basically, it's, uh, so in the DuckTales world, it kind of makes sense that, you know, we would, uh, we'd get something like that. We would, we we would get something like that, um, kind of explaining it, you know. It's, a, it's you know, the again, like I said, the origin, and it's early, it's about 8.02 right now in the morning. I'm doing this because it's the only time I have with, you know, family being off and everything due to what's going on. Uh, but anyway... But, you know, but anyway, like I said, um, basically, uh, the, the origin, it, it kind of makes, 
It, it kind of makes some sense, and like I said, in the DuckTales world, because, you know, how else can you um, explain, you know, how the Rangers are able to do this? How else can you explain, you know, how they're able to go this direction, go that direction, you know, just do a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, anyway, though, yeah, you know, again, like I said, not a lot of people are going to, uh, uh, agree with, uh, with the origin and, you know, how it, how it came about this new, not a lot of people, like I said, are going to agree with the new origin because it's like, you know, well, wait a minute, you know, you have all these anthropomorphic characters. Why can't you just have little anthropomorphic animals that can communicate as well? And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish that even in a world ruled by anthropomorphic um, dogs, ducks, you name it, um, that the mice are the lower species unless, you know, something happens to them. And um, that, that, that's kind of um, the, the uh, feeling I got out of it honestly, was, was that, was something along those lines. Um, you know, again, it's, like I said, it all depends on how you feel about it. Um, to me, I'm okay with it, in a sense. I don't know how anybody else feels about it. You know, you know I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think even, uh, what was his name, Matt... Bill, I think. Um, let me let me take online here for a second, guys. Hold on. Um, but even um, Matt, who does a review of the episodes a week after or the same day or a day after, you know, even he agreed uh, the fact that the origin. Matt Seeley. Okay, hold on. Um, I, I think that's who it is. Hold on, guys. Uh, but, you know, even... Sorry about that if you heard anything. Um, let's see if he's got a... Yeah, it is. MJ, okay. That's who I'm looking for. And sorry if you guys heard anything there. Uh, but yeah, you know, Silly, you know, even, you know, kind of said it makes sense to work it in with the origin that way. Because, you know, like I said, you know, I know some people are like, well, why... Again, like I said, the origin, and I know I'm rambling on about it, so I do apologize. How long are we in now? Well, about eight minutes in, so I do apologize. Um, just, you know, getting to the point here, you know, the thing is, um, some people liked it, some people didn't. You know, some people were okay with the with the origin, with the new origin, and some weren't. And that's all right. That's fine. You know, not everybody's going to agree with the Rangers um, getting this uh, new kind of take on how they came to be. But what I look at is it's going to make them a focal point. It's going to play a pivotal role, I think, later in the series, whether it's in the third season or later on. It's going to play a pivotal role, and I just... I just feel it's going to really be something that people are going to enjoy when they see it happen. I really do. Um, but anyway, to get on topic here, um, if you will, to, to get on topic here, and I do, like I said, I do apologize for rambling on about, you know, the, you know, on the, the origin and everything that the new origin that was given to them over the past, over this, uh, weekend in the new DuckTales episode. I do apologize for that, but again, like I said, it's kind of got a mixed reaction and everything, 
And uh, I understand, like I said, I understand some people may not be, you know, thrilled with it. You know, it's, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, when you switch an origin around for a character or even a team, you know, it's going to upset people. Some people are not going to be totally cool with it um, at first. So, you know, like I said, I can understand. So I can understand how people feel about that. Um. Anyway, anyway, though, I, I think it's going to lead to something later on. I'll explain that, and I'll talk about that as we go further on with uh, this live stream, hopefully with no interruptions. Um, like I said, hopefully with no interruptions or anything. Um, they said, hopefully with no interruptions. I don't think, I don't think me and my mom's gardener is coming today. He came last week. It sounds like somebody else's gardener. Hold on for a sec, guys. Sorry about that. As I adjust my mic again, like I said, you know, it's not my gardener, my me and my mom's gardener. It's somebody else's. Um, but anyway, like I said, you know, like I said, I know some origin changes will upset people, get mixed reactions. But again, there are some that are cool with it. You know, like I said, Matt Sa uh, MJ Seal Sally, uh, Matt Sal that does the podcast reviews for the uh, recent episodes. He said he's cool with it. It's like he doesn't have a problem with it whatsoever because it kind of fits in line, and I think it's going to play a pivotal role later on, and I'll talk about that later. Um, anyway, though, getting on to the video itself and some of the things I want to talk about here. So basically, it's like a topics on my mind deal, but it's you know just talk, ranger rescue ranger talk, and all that fan talk, if you will. So the things I want to talk about are, you know, my five personal favorite episodes, the Boom Studio comics, uh, two widely acclaimed fan fiction works that fans did that really helped put the Rangers on the map in a big way. Uh, you know, again, talking about what, you know, what we can end up getting out of the appearance and the new origin, what that could lead to. And also, uh, will the Rangers get a new spinoff series in the future because of that? So the first topic, like I said, the first thing I want to talk about is my five personal favorite episodes of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And I do apologize for taking so long to get here. It's about what, almost 15 minutes, so I do apologize. Um, but yeah, my five personal favorite episodes... 
Um, the first one I got to start off with, um, I, I definitely, as I adjust the uh, mic here, make sure everything's adjusted, everything's good. All right. Uh, like I said, the first episode I want to talk about um, out of my five personal ones, because I did a top 10 video long ago. So if you want to check that out, I'll try to provide a link down below so you guys can see that. Uh, but my five person, but my fi- but out of those ten, the five personal ones I want to talk about. Uh, the first one has to be a fly in the ointment, which was later on towards the series uh, in the series run. I think almost towards the end of the series, uh, a fly in the ointment I thought was just a tremendous, if not a funny uh, episode, a funny sci-fi parody like episode, if you will. Um, long story short, when it comes to, uh, the episode, as I adjust my mic here again, because it feels like it's slipping a little bit. There we go. Uh, but like I said, um, the, the episode of Fly New Ointment, which like I said, took place later on towards the end of the series, I thought was a funny, if not funny take on sci-fi, thriller, horror, uh, uh, films, general, general, if you will. Uh, long story short, a little bit of spoilers, but I'm sure people have seen the episode, but a little bit of spoilers. Um, a fly in the ointment, of course, focuses on Zipper and Zipper feeling underappreciated. Like, you know, nobody, you know, nobody, like none of the team is taking him serious as a serious part of the team. Like nobody takes him seriously uh, to help out during certain situations. So long story short, um, basically what happens is um, they, well, okay, what's going on is the Rangers are investigating a a mysterious case of robberies and thefts and all that that's going on, but but they, along with the human police, don't know how it's happening. And it's later revealed that the culprit behind all this is Professor Nimnol, one of the recurring villains, a mad, a human mad scientist who has a high intellect. And he invents, and Nimnol, the way he's able to commit these crimes is he invents this, te- he invents this helmet that allows you to take your phone, not this kind of phone, but like the regular old dial, um, uh, what was it, the, it was the older phones at the time that had a touchpad, but also had, um, like I said, had a touchpad, but also, um, Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Had rotary, uh, yeah, rotary, uh, rodeo, rodeo, rodeo phones. That's it. That's easy for me to say. Rotary phones, the rotary phones. Basically, the helmet was designed for those kind of phones where you place it on top. And what Nimno did is he would dial the number of the place he was going to rob, and it would teleport him from his base of operations to that place and then all they'd have to do is teleport the phone number to his base of operations to get him out of there before he got caught so long story short again this is a episode focusing on zipper long story short uh zipper feels like i see he feels underappreciated like nobody takes him seriously and he decides when they, he decides to go try to catch the culprit himself. And what happens is he's doing this just at the same time that Nimnold is dialing his escape, if you will, dialing the phone number to his base. And what happens is Zipper gets trapped or caught up in the transport or the teleportation, if you will, through the phone line. And the end result, when they end up on the other end, basically back at Nimnol's headquarters, is instead of just being, you know, separated, the own individual selves, Nimnol and Zipper end up switching bodies. Yeah, they end up switching bodies. And 
what happens is Nimnol's head ends up on Zippa's body, and Zippa's body ends up, uh, you know, Nimnol's head ends up on Zippa's body, Zippa's head ends up on Nimnol's body. And because of this, Zipper throughout the episode is mistaken for a monster, an alien, a mutant, or whatever, uh, to the point that the military gets called in to capture him. Now, during this time, of course, the Rangers feel a little bad at the fact that they didn't treat Zipper right. They even noticed that he wasn't sleeping in his bed or anything. And when they finally, and when Zipper does finally arrive and they see what's happened to him, you know, they, even they're kind of curious as to what the heck happened. How did this happen to you? Because they see that, you know, he's on a human, he has his head's on a human body. And then that's when they see Nimnol. And what's you and what's crazy about this is it's a, and what's unique about this episode, even though it takes place later on towards the end of the series, is it gets established that Nimnol knows who the Rangers are. Like I think it's several episodes before. Uh, I don't know what 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 episode it is. I don't think it's. Uh, think it's uh, parental discretion retired or something. I don't know. Uh, basically, it's an episode where Monterey gets hit with one of Nimnol's aging, uh, Nimnol's inventions, which is an aging ray, and it causes Monty to age rapidly to an old age. Um, anyway, so anyway, though, like I said, um, Nimnol basically was established in that episode and then followed up here through continuity that Nimnol knows um, who the Rangers are. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know they're a team or anything until this episode. He doesn't know that, hey, they're a team. They they work together. They live together. He doesn't know that until this episode. Um, and it's established that because he switched bodies with Zipper, that now that he has Zipper's body, he also has Zipper's instincts, and he's able to understand the Rangers as if they were regular human beings. He can understand them because when they mention what happens and Nimno kind of answers that back saying, oh, how studios or how noticeable or how clever for you to notice or something like that, that's when it dawns on him like, oh, wait a minute, you can talk. And sorry if my finger hit the mic there. But like I said, when he kind of sarcastically acknowledges the them noticing the switching of the bodies, that's when it dawns on him, like, oh, wait a minute, you could talk. So anyway, the majority of the episode um, is, so basically the majority of the episode after that is used to try to help Zipper, try to get, try to reverse the process on Zipper and Nimnol, even to the point that they have to break into a military base after Zipper is captured um, by the military. They have to break into the military base to, to save him. And the way they do this, it leads to one of the more humorous and more iconic scenes in the series. Because basically, because basically long, because basically in between all this, they have to go find the helmet because the helmet got lost. So they retrieve it. And like I said, so they retrieve it, and then they go to the military base, and they're like, okay, how are we going to get in there? And Chip's the one that comes up with the solution of, hey, why don't we just use the phone? Why don't we use this divisive Nimnols to do it? And Monterey is the one that has to point out, uh, you sure you want to do that? Remember what happened with this guy here, pointing to Nimnol. And Nimnol tries to defend the fact that, hey, what happened to me was just a one-time freak accident. I doubt it's going to happen again. Well, guess what happens? They decide to use it to get in there. They get in to get into the military base to save Zipper. They get in. But what Monterey pretty much kind of feared would happen and Nimno was saying wouldn't happen, it happened. <laughs> Basically, the Rangers ended up going through the same process that uh, Zipper and Nimno went through. And again, what makes this so iconic, this scene so iconic, after they use the thing to teleport into the base, and they go through the same situation as Zipper and Nimnol did, is 
when you see them popping their heads out from under the helmet, you immediately see who switched bodies with who. And you're like, it's like you look at Chip and Monterey and you're like, okay, that makes sense. But then you look at the other two who switched and you're like, oh, they went there, didn't they? But they went there because of comedic effect, because they knew that if there's any two characters that would react the way they would, it would be those two. Because the switching of the bodies in in this episode of the Rangers, when they go through it, is Monterey's head ends up on Chip's body. Chip's head ends up on Monterey's body. And Dale's head ends up on Gadget's body. And Gadget's head ends up on Dale's body, which, again, leads to some one of the more iconic moments in this scene. Because when they see, when Monterey and Chip see what happened to them, Gadget then notices she has notices she has Dale's shirt. She's like, Dale, why am I wearing your shirt? And Dale turns around. And he has to point out, and, and well, and then Dale after he after he hears her ask this, turns around in shock and goes like, "Uh, you got more than me than just my shirt." And she looks down and she's like, "Ah!" Has <laughs> to cover herself up. It's like, this is one of the more, like I say, more iconic, funny scenes uh, in the series, and I'm. And I'm kind of surprised that even though it takes place later on towards the series end, I'm kind of surprised they got away with that the way they did. But uh, it, overall, it's a good it's a good episode. It's funny. It's great. It's, it's very well anim- animated. So I would definitely check it out. If you've not checked it out yet, check it out. You will enjoy it, especially that one iconic scene. Trust me on that. You guys will will be laughing a mile a moment. You'll be wanting to play back that scene numerous times. Um, my fourth episode that I like um, is Good Times, Bad Times. Now, at first, I wasn't too sure about this one. I mean, I had seen it like once or twice uh, beforehand, once or twice when I was younger, when it first came out. But I wasn't too sure about it. It wasn't until... Later on in the late 90s and early to mid 2000s, even late 2000s, that I really started to have an appreciation of the of the episode and really consider it one of the best ones out there. And the reason for this was because of the fact that when I looked up, when I looked up uh, Rescue Ranger fan sites. Um, when I looked up Rescue Ranger fan sites one one day uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, one of the sites that came up prominently was called the Foxglove feature. And I'm thinking, what is this? So I looked at it, and it's still up today, but it's not been updated for over 20 years, unless the tripod version's been updated. But because there's two, there's one at um, CDRQ. RU something like that dot org and the others at tripod.com. So I don't know which one has been updated. I doubt any of them have been updated over the past 20 years. But it was a site, but when I looked at this, it was a site that was not only dedicated to the character that appeared there, which was Foxglove, voiced by the late Deborah Wally, God West the Soul. Um, because you know, and the reason she was so prominent on that website yes she was on there too was because not only did she voice the character but she also made it but because of people finding out who she was and talking with her and getting to know her they also found out that deborah worked with other celebrities as well including elvis and some of his movies but anyway like i said when i looked up uh, Ranger sites, the Acorn Cafe and the Foxglove feature were the f- two prominent ones that came up uh, in a big way. And it was through these uh, fan, and it was through the Foxglove feature that not only did I see that it was connected or was part of Rescue Rangers, but I started to have a more appreciation for it. And I got the, and I kind of started to get the idea as to why she was such a popular character. Because when you watch the episode, you see a character that has a good heart, but you know has a good heart and everything, but is 
associated with someone she thinks is good, but is not. And she finds the truth out way too late, or almost way too late. And the fact that, and the other thing that made it so unique was the fact that they kind of followed a similar trope that they did with another favorite episode of mine. And that is the moment we see Foxglove, she is smitten thoroughly with, with Dale. She is smitten with him. And this is one of the later, if not one of the last episodes, one of the later, I think, fourth to last episodes, I believe. So, you know, it's it's really it's a really good episode, in my opinion, because what you actually see here, and I don't think anybody actually looked at it this way, but what you actually see in Good Times, Bad Times, is you see a kind of a, you kind of see Dale shine off a little bit from Fox Club at first. Like he, he likes, it's like, Oh, you know, she's a good friend. She could be a good friend, a good buddy, but he's kind of shy around here because he kind of knows, he kind of senses what she's trying to do. But it isn't until later on, like when they just have this moment, it's like they have this, it's like we see Dale getting the moon rock out or, no, not Dale. We okay. What happens is Gadget gets some the uh, Winifred. That's the uh, antagonist's name in the episode. Notices uh, through one of her magic potions that she that the um, Moon Rock, the last piece of her spell to become a real fool, rich, um, is in the hands of the Rangers. She notices Gadget pulling it out. So the next time we see the Moon Rock at the Ranger headquarters, Dale's the one that's, I guess, taken over for Gadget or gotten up early the next morning to take over uh, for Gadget and kind of move the Moon Rock to a safer location in the headquarters. And, of course, this is when he bumps into Foxglove. And, you know, they have a nice little conversation you know, Fox is wondering if maybe he'll invite her to breakfast that morning. Dale comes up with different excuses, like you know, the re- like one of the excuses he comes up with, which is kind of funny, is he says, "Well, I would invite." It's like you know, Dale's saying one of the excuses is you know he would invite Foxglove to breakfast, but because it's Gadget's turn to cook, you know, he doesn't want her to taste food that will taste mostly like machine oil. So. Uh, anyway, though, like I said, the conversation that they have turns into almost a very flirtatious one because um, after Dale falls off a branch onto another branch and then gets helped up by Foxglove uh, because she's wondering, okay, when would it be your turn to cook? And he says, ah, they don't let me do that. I think I'll break too many dishes. And he falls off the branch and he's like, and he's thinking, you know, and he kind of acknowledges, you know, they kind of think I'm clumsy a little bit. But uh, anyway, though, it turns into the, the conversation turns more into almost a flirtatious kind of thing between them. Like, it's like, you know, after Fox Club, you know, kind of helps him out and and kind of acknowledges that he's doing a mor- morning workout or lifting weights, something like that. And it's like uh, Dale is kind of surprised by that. And. You know, he he then plays up the fact of what he then basically he plays up the fact he plays up to what you know he can basically long story short is Dale points out that he was just moving the moon rock around trying to get it to a proper place and then when he when he's about to kind of say you know gadget or somebody else or the team kind of did it themselves he starts to take credit a little bit. So that's when the conversation that they have turns into a flirtatious one. And you can kind of tell there's a mutual attraction starting to develop, like a love starting to bloom. And it's even more evident when they get caught by Winifred and Dale calls Foxglove Foxy. So, you know, there you go. And then it's even, and then what's funny is we get later on into the Boom Studio comics, and I'll talk about this too. The Boom Studio comics actually build upon the relationship between the two characters as well. 
but Good Times, Bad Times is definitely an episode that at first I wasn't too sure about, but when I saw the Fox Glove feature, I was like, yeah, this is something I can actually enjoy, and, and I do. I really do. Uh, the third episode uh, I just mentioned is, you know, uh, the beginning of this is similar and it was similar to its plot, and that's Adventures in Squirrel City. This was one of the earlier episodes that you could tell was done in Japan, done by TMS uh, Animation. And it introduces Tammy to us. Tammy the squirrel, who ends up get, developing a huge crush on Chip to the point that she gets so infatuated that anytime Chip shows a compliment towards Gadget, she gets jealous. And she gets so infatuated with Chip to not only the point that when Chip does that, that, you know, she tries to butt in and kind of say this to kind of divert Chip's attention away from Gadget onto her. But it gets to a point that she even starts acknowledging that she's a, that she's like a, that she's basically part of the Ranger team now. And it's like, you know, you think for one of the earlier episodes of the series or any series, that's kind of that's kind of deep that they go there because you see this character wanting to impress this one individual she has feelings for, she has that she really really likes. Um, you, you you see this person, you know, become so infatuated with that per- individual and prove and to kind of confess or profess their love for them that the starting to acknowledge themselves as part of the team when they're not. Anyway, long story short, and I know I say that a lot here, but long story short, um, basically Tammy Tammy learns her lesson uh, in the episode. She learns her lesson basically that, you know, because here's the thing. She thinks, you know, Gadget is trying to steal Chip away from her, like trying to prove she's better to Chip than she is, that being Gadget over Tammy. But Gadget has to basically remind her, look, I'm not, has to tell her, hey, look, I'm not trying to do that. You know, I'm not trying to prove myself to Chip or anybody. And she kind of gives her the lesson of the day, like, yo, you can't, you know, you can't, you know, act like somebody you're not to get somebody else to like you. Just, just be yourself. And that's it. So it's a, it's a good episode. And it, kind of leaves, and I can guarantee you this, had the series gone on much longer, it definitely leaves the, it definitely left the door open for Tammy to become part of the team. I will put it that way. And Boom Studios, once again, touches upon this as well, but like I said, Adventures in Squirrel sitting for I think, what is it, the second or third episode really is worth watching. It really is. And again, it's What's unique about the story element is you have this character being so infatuated with Chip that she starts to believe she's part of the team when she's not, and she wants to go as far as to retrieve a stolen item from one of the nemesis to prove it. So really interesting stuff. Um, what's the next one I'm going to talk about? It's about playing the ointment, good times, bad times, just closing. Oh, next one. De- definitely got to talk about this one because because this to me is probably one of the best ones, and that is the case of the cola cult. And it's not just because of the cuckoo cola song, which is a good song, catchy song, and all that. It's because of what we get. Now, we've had several episodes focus on Gadget and all that throughout the series, there's no doubt. But this one not just focused on her, but it focused on the fact of her question. It's one of those episodes that we've seen even nowadays where a member of a team questions their worth, and it results in Gadget temporarily quitting and then going over to the Cola Cult, but then realizing that's not where she belongs either. And it isn't until she finds out the truth that someone within the Cola Cult, who's actually a thief, set everything up to make her doubt herself and betray the Cola Cult so he could take every donation that the Cola Cult gave, maybe to be fizzed, you know, baptized, if you will, um, 
you know, he could basically take those items for himself. Like, because what's unique about the, the case of the Cola cult is the cult basically is giving up all the well-beings to be fizzed or baptized, not knowing that, and even the leader of the cult who has a good heart does not know that the items are being not um, put put away secretly in a safe place to, you know, not be, um, you know, um, how, how do I put this? Um, not be bothered with, be like, you know, put out of the state of mind of the individual that gave them up so they could focus on a more peaceful existence. You know, he doesn't even know that the, what's really happening is his second in command, if you will, is actually a thief that's stealing um, the items for for himself. You know, he doesn't realize that until until later on. And what happens in the end, though, is worth this episode's weight in gold. Because what we get at the end is... Cause, and I remember, I remember the promotion for this episode, the day before it came out, because it was on, it was part of the Disney Afternoon. The narrator acknowledging that Gadget in this episode becomes because of what this v- Bubbles character does. That's the antagonist's name. He basically, because of what he does, turns Gadget into Ramboette. That's what he called. That's what the. That's what the promoter. The announcer promoting the episode for the next day, or, or the episodes coming in the within the week, was saying about Gadget that basically Bubbles, because of what he did, pissed Gadget off so much. Excuse my language, God, that he turned her into Ramboette. Another thing about the episode too, and I think so, I can't think of the name right now. Actually, talked about this in their little uh, Origins Disney Origins video on the Rescue Rangers. What they liked about the episode is the fact that the characters, when they would get fizzed by the, you know, flavored soda, they would stay the color of the fizzed soda for the majority of the episode. So that was pretty cool. It's a nice little touch. But it's a really interest, interesting episode. It's really interesting because um, just like with, um, <laughs> just like with the humorous um, body switching scene um, in the later part of a fly in the ointment. Uh, that episode, which you're kind of surprised they got away with when it came to like Gadget and Dale switching bodies. Uh, when you look at the case of the Cola Cult, you'll be surprised that they got away with stuff here that makes you think, wow, they wouldn't be able to do that today, or would they? Because I know some people might say, well, if you watch Gravity Falls, oh, or Way Past Yonder, or this episode, or this show, or that show, you'll see something just along the same lines. And you might, you just might, but still. It's like, um, you know, it's like back then you wouldn't think they would do something like this with a case of the cola cold, but they did. But again, it's really, really good. And like I said, the ending is worth watching, especially because you get to see Gadget as an action heroine, if you will, basically kick butt and become Ramboette. Um, and so definitely check that out. And then, of course, my number one personal favorite is Double O Chipmunk. Uh, I, I've said a lot about this episode. I've done a review on it, and um, it's de- I'll, I won't, I'll put it this way again: it's definitely worth watching because you get to see sides of the characters you've never seen before. Like Dale, you think, "Oh, he's just fun-loving and comedic and all that," but he's very smart, very intelligent. I mean, he proves this by putting together his own little spy suit. Uh, And this is an accomplishment that even impresses Gadget. And it's like, this this episode basically gives you the confirmation that the Rangers have two brainiacs on their team, if you will. One that uses her brains more than the other one, but you you get the idea. But what you also get out of this is you get Gadget as a femme fatale. Even Monterey calls her that because Gadget obviously understands where Dale's coming from, decides to come up with an idea to make him feel better. Because, you know, Dale wants to, you know, kind of contribute to the team in a big way, messes up a little bit, 
Gadget, obviously understanding where he's coming from, says, you know what? I'm going to help him out. Convinces Monterey and Chip to help him out or help her out. And we get to see a side of Gadget that is a femme fatale. We get to see her with, you know, a red dress, red high heels, bracelet, necklace, eyeshadow, lipstick, you know, white, kind of a blondish, white blondish wig. And oh my, she she just, oh my goodness, she just, she just plays it to the heel, man. She just plays it to the heel. And it's also the first time that we see a kiss on the lips between two uh, Ranger characters. And of course, that being Gadget and Dale. And what's funny about that is Chip's reaction afterwards. You know, after Gadget returns to the hiding spot where she and Monty and Chip are, and, you know, Monterey compliments her on the job well done. And Gadget says, you know, and Gadget thanks him for the compliment and says, you know, that this should make Dale feel better. Um, Chip's the first one that acknowledges, well, you didn't have to kiss him. And then to play upon that later on, you know, when Gadget tries to remind Chip, look, this little game's going to make him feel better. Chip's like, well, he was looking like he was feeling better already. <laughs> you could just tell Chip's jealous of the fact that Dale, Dale out of the two, because one of the subplots of the series, and this is based on one of the, based on the classic two chips in a miss is though rival is Chip and Dale's kind of like friendly rivalry or something like that over Gadget's affections. Like who is Gadget, who is Gadget going to choose one or the other? And Basically, you could just tell the jealousy on Chip's face that out of the two of them, Dale's the first to get a kiss on the lips, get a kiss by Gadget, and mostly a kiss on the lips. So, yeah, you kind of tell that Dale was, I mean, not Dale, but Chip was not happy. But this is an actually a fun, this is actually a very fun uh, episode, like I said, full of first, mostly with the Rangers. And it's just, it just, it's one of those episodes that I just love to go back and watch because it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind because it's like, let me, let me see you. Hold on for a sec. Let me check something. Um, hold on for a sec. Like I said, it just, it just blows my mind, you know, what that episode it really does. But let's see. Oh, there it was. Okay, I just I just went past it. <laughs> um, here it is. All right, here we go. It's uh, it's right here. Oh, it's a 4K version. Okay, where's the original? Find the original here. Excuse me. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Find the original version here. I think it's in here somewhere, or not. Or is it? Uh, but basically, it's the... Oh, I'm trying to find it here. Let me see what's at here. There it is. Yeah, I originally posted what I call the famous sexy gadget scene we all know and love from Double O Chipmunk. As of right now, it has 95,165 views. It has 193 comments, 499 thumbs up, 500 basically, and 22 thumbs down. So basically, that one scene where she does the femme fatale act on Dale is... It's just, it just blow, like I said, she just goes full on with this, with this moment. It's like, it just blows your mind. It just blows your mind when you watch it. Um, like I said, it just blows your mind when you watch it. Um, but it's, like I said, it's just overall a very fun episode because, like I said, it's full of a lot of first, and it's just worth. It's just worth watching, in my opinion. And again, it's one of those that I watch uh, on, on occasions when I can because I, it's just fun. It's just a really fun, great episode to to really uh, to watch and get a kick out of. Again, Chip's reaction afterwards 
about Gadget kissing Dale. It's like, you can't tell me he's not jealous because he is. And and that was another thing, too, that I noticed um, in the series. And maybe it's just me. But I seem to notice that the, the writers, like Tad Stones and all them, were favoring more towards... Because if, if they were going to go with a relationship, a romantic relationship between two members, of, between Gadget and one of the chipmunks, Chip or Dale, I think from what I was seeing, they, it's just my personal opinion, it seemed that they were leaning more towards Dale and Gadget over Chip and Gadget because I came to the similarities of the understanding between the two or something. But maybe that, but that's just me. That's just my opinion. Maybe you saw it differently, but there was just so many times throughout the series that it seemed they were indicating that. But what do you guys think? It's just my opinion. But again, I would definitely recommend to go out and watch the episode because it is, like I said, it's an episode full of first. It's really full of first, and you'll really enjoy it. Guarantee you will. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, the Boom Studio Comics. Okay. The Boom Studio Comics, they came out around, um, I think they came around at the, I think, 2010s, I believe, I think, when they came out. Uh, Basically, I'm going to look that up right now. Um, I think, hold on. Okay. Yeah, they came out around the, um, 2011, 2012. And the comics, I'm going to tell you this right now. They definitely, if there's anything that I felt was like a soft continuation of of the series. It was these comics. You can and you could tell that these comics were written by a fan. Were done. Were given a lot of thought, given a lot of heart, and were definitely written from the. They were definitely written from the as from the point of view of a fan. You can definitely tell that. Ian Brill, I think that was the name of the guy did a tremendous job, in my opinion, bringing the Rangers back uh, to the forefront in Boom Studios. Boom Studios at the time had a working agreement with Disney to do these Disney Afternoon-related comics. They did some from Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, uh, Gargoyles, I think, got the treatment, and Rescue Rangers, and a few others. So, to me, uh, seeing... Seeing the uh, the Rangers getting the treatment from Boom Studios, I thought was great, and the stories they came up with were terrific. Obviously, two obviously two of the main stories, obviously both stories, I should say, focused on Dale and Gadget. Believe it or not, I think the first part of the eight issue, because it was only eight issues, it went for um, the first half of it. I think focused on Dale, Dale a little bit focused on Dale a little bit while the other part focused on gadget a bit. So I like that. I like the fact that Ian Brill focused on the two characters that really needed to, in my opinion, have the most focus on and could really tell the most stories with or have the most story driven development character developing out of, uh, in these, in the, uh, in this eight issue run. And they are worth reading. I've done some reviews on them. You can check them out here on my channel. But like I said, they are worth reading. They're just a great, in my opinion, a great continuation. I mean, heck, when they do, when they have, when they focus on bits of gadget, when they focus on bits of get, when they focus on the gadget portions of the stories, you have, you know, you have them mentioning her father. 
which she only mentioned once once in the series, and that was in the five-part pilot to the rescue, but never after that. So, so yeah, these two, these these comics are really good, really well drawn, really good. And I mentioned Tammy and Foxglove earlier, right? Well, these comics bring them back to the forefront as well. And again, you could tell this is done by a fan because you have this fan touch upon Dale and Foxglove's budding romance because it's acknowledged in the post credit pages that Dale and Foxglove are an item because I think Ian Brill acknowledges Foxglove as Dale's on and off girlfriend. Like when she's off, you know, they're still best friends when she's on. It's like, yeah, they're together. So they have a budding romance. So that was acknowledged. Uh, And she basically is a, sort of an on and off member of the team. She's like a semi-member uh, member of the team. Um, and then you have Tammy, who we see has become a nurse. And she became a nurse because she was inspired by, you know, the the courage that Chip had shown her during the first encounter in Adventures in Squirrel City. So just seeing those two characters together, along with some others, it's like, you, again, like you said, you could tell Ian Brill was a fan like us that wanted to bring those characters to the forefront, and he did a great job. So if you can find these issues online at Amazon or something like that, find them. Get the get the graphic novels. You get all eight, all eight issues in those. I have all eight issues, the graphic novel version of the last eight issues and the individual first four issues. But get them. They are worth reading. You will enjoy them. You will feel like you're watching an episode when you read these comics, guaranteed. But yeah, Boom Studios did a tremendous job, in my opinion. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the mega, widely acclaimed fan works. And those fan works being Death of a Comedian and of Mice and Mayhem. Yeah. Woo. You talk about fans going all the way. The Jam, that's what's the name of the uh, the author of this. The Jam, that's what he called himself, did Death of a Comedian. I found most of the story at the Fox Club feature. You can find this, I think, at various other sites now, too. But, man, you talk about a dark Ranger story. But it's dark Ranger story that had great character development, great moments, and really built upon the relationship of Dale and Foxglove. You all I could say is read that story. It's a lot of chapters, it is, but it's really worth your time. Death of a Comedian by the Jam is worth your time. As is Chris. Fishers, I think that's who did the other one. Chris Fishers of Mice and Mayhem. Of Mice and Mayhem is a great, great story. It's a great web comic. It's still up there. You can find, actually, you can find the entire web comic on you here on YouTube. I don't know if anybody's done a comedy, uh, not not a comedy, but done a comic drama on it yet. Well, basically, it's like a radio drama. I don't know if anybody's done that yet, but you can find of Mice and Mayhem here on YouTube. Guarantee, just like Death of a Comedian, it's going to be worth your time. I printed out the whole damn damn comic, you know, many years ago just to have it. You know, I printed it out. I stapled it together just so I could have it. And again, it is worth your time. Both of them. Death of a Comedian and of Mice and Mayhem are worth your guys' time. There is no doubt about that. There is no doubt. And if you don't believe me, ask anybody else that's a fan of Rescue Rangers. Ask anybody out there. Ask anybody else that is out there that's a fan. Because I guarantee you, they will tell you the same thing. 
here they will tell you the same thing. That if Mice and Mayhem and Death of a Comedian are worth the read. You will not, I guarantee you, when you start reading them, you will not want to put them down. You will not. You'll get so invested in these stories, you're going to want to see more. You're going to want more and more and more. And you know what's funny? You go to ChippendaleOnline.com, and they're doing a continuation of it. Let me see. They're doing a continuation of it. It's called um, Arcane's Comics. They're doing a continuation of it. Check that out. It's a. It's actually a prequel, but check it out. It's really worth it. It's a prequel to it. You check it out. It's worth your time. Both those comics are worth your time. Believe me. Well, both stories, as you say, are worth your time, but believe me, you're worth it. They're worth your time. All right. So we're going to try to wrap this up quickly, guys. So last two things I want to talk about. Um, first of all, so the next two things I want to talk about, first one I want to talk about is, will Gadget be the focal point of the Rangers run on the new DuckTales series? Well, I said it before, I'll say it again real quickly. I don't think they would have brought Gadget back. I don't think they would have, you know, gave the Rangers the new origin that they did, especially with Gadget being the first character that they focused on. Or Black Horan, I think that's the villainess's name, or Fowl. I don't think they would have done that if they weren't planning on bringing them back. Except I don't think... They would have done that without planning on bringing them back. So I think they're going to be brought back. And I do believe she's going to be the focal point. I really do. And I, and again, Matt Cyril, Cyril, I think, MJ Cyril on Twitter, believes the same thing. So she's going to be a focal point. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt she's going to be the, the focal point. Um, when it's all said, when they make the return, they're going to make the return. It's going to be in the season three finale. I guarantee it. Just checking something. I mean, like I said, I think I believe they're going to be in the season, season three finale. Because again, and they're going to play a major role. She's going to play a major role. Because why would you have them go through the uh, origin that they gave them if you weren't planning on bringing them back? Just, just an opinion. But I believe she's going to be a focal point. I really do. So, yeah, do I believe she'll be the focal point? Absolutely. I, just, I truly, I mean, I'm not saying the other members of the team aren't going to play a part, but I think Gadget's going to be the main focal point upon the return in the series. I really do. Hold on.
Yeah, like I said, I think she's going to be the main fo- She'll be the focal point. There's no doubt. Um, and as far as the last one goes, um, will the Rangers get a new spinoff series um, in the future? Um, that's totally up to the people in charge, but I think... Like I said before, you know, with Goof Troop and Darkwing Duck kind of being like, you know, set in stone somewhat, a semi-set in stone of becoming a reality, I I think Rescue Rangers, along with the likes of Gummy Bears and all of them, are more than likely to happen. It's just going to be a how and when. But, yeah, I, I truly believe they will get a spinoff series. And I hope that you know, we get rehashes. I'll be honest with you. I hope we get kind of like a rehash or a retake on certain episodes that I mentioned that that were my personal faves, just to see how they would be adapted today or be done today. So, um, yeah, I, I think they will get a new animated series. And you know what? I think they will play upon the idea of the of, of Gadget if they want to go that route, finally probably choosing between Chip or Dale of who she would be with. I think that's going to happen. So, yeah, I think an animated series will happen. I think they will probably rehash and redo some ideas of some of the personal favorite episodes of mine, maybe, to see how they work in today's in today's world. So, and, and again, I think Gadget will, I think it will be teased of Gadget finally choosing between Chip or Dale. I really do. So, yeah, I do think they're going to get an animated series. I really do. It's just the timing. And I've got a feeling if we do find out any information about that, it's going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. It'll be there or be at, at a future Disney event, like a D3 or a D23 or something. So that's honestly what I believe. It's honestly what I believe. believe that's honestly what I believe and see happening. I really do. So, though, um, anyway, though, guys, uh, that's about it for this live uh, Rescue Ranger talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so I've had to wrap it up real quickly. Like I said, you know, my mom's up now, so, and all that. Uh, but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you all think down below. Comment if you like. I'd like to hear from each and every one of you on this. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on some of your personal faves what you had to think about what I had to say about the other stuff as well. Comment below. Thank you all for joining me live. Have a good morning. Stay safe. And I am out.